Hey, yo. Hey, yo, George Chapel. Uh, this is on? Keith. Everything's uh, great. This is Keith Stone, and this is George and Keith's musings. Uh, today, we're going back kind of into our wheelhouse, George, back into the, the movie category. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, like to dip our toe in that water quite often. Well, it's, and, kind, of, it's uh, kind of a... It's a double wheelhouse, right? It's movies and... Oh, it's sports movies. We're doing best sports yep. movies today. You're right, it is. Yeah. Um, so I want to uh, explain a caveat right out of the gate for my list that's going to throw everything off here. I left <laughs> two, two of the greatest movies of all time. I left off my list. And I think the, re- the reason I did that is because they were so good in their other categories that we've talked about. Um, I just, it was too easy to include them on this list. I wanted to give others a chance to shine. Okay. And those movies, those movies were Field of Dreams, which is, you know, probably one of the greatest dramatic movies ever. And I also left off Caddyshack, which was number one on my comedy list. Um, oh. I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's what I did. Okay. Well, uh, you know, not not no spoiler alerts, but we may have a chance to talk about those movies today, anyways. Yep. Okay. Good deal. <laughs> All right, George. Why don't you go first with your number ten? Okay. My number my number ten sports movie of all time. Uh, it's kind of late in entry to my list as I was going through this, and it just kind of occurred to me, and I and I thought about this, and I was like, I have to include this list, this mo- movie on the list. Uh, it's a great movie about about kids just just joining up and playing playing baseball at the local Sandlot. Yeah, the, the movie is Sandlot. Uh, it came out I think in the '90s. Uh, featured James Earl Jones, uh, who, as we know, was, had a, had a prominent role in, in, in Field of Dreams. But uh, he played the uh, the blind next door neighbor with the kids. They'd hit the ball into his yard and they'd be afraid to go over there because they thought his dog was going to eat them. Uh, it turns out they went over and, and met him, and he uh, he kind of told him about the old days when he used to play baseball with Babe Ruth. Um, but it, what I really like about the movie is it's just uh, a bunch of kids, not all, not necessarily all that talented, but just loving the game of baseball and just spending all summer uh, playing at the local Sandlot. Um, and one one great great side. Uh, Side scene, of course, is when is when the the one uh, kind of spazzy kid uh, kind of tricks the the local cheerleader into into, into kissing her, and, and and they all kind of like uh, held him in pretty high regard after that. But uh, that's also the Smales, you're killing me movie, isn't it? Uh, not not uh, Smalls, not Smales. You're, you're crossing, small, yeah. You're crossing movies again. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Smalls, you're killing me. You're killing me. That's smalls. a pretty popular line. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my number ten. Okay, I'm pretty proud, and I didn't I did not do this on purpose. I'm pretty proud of the breadth of sports that I have included in my list. Okay. Um, my number ten is a comedic bowling movie. Uh, it's called Kingpin. Okay. With with uh, Randy Quaid and Bill Murray. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson, and Woody Harrelson uh, gets his hand stuck in a the ball return because of a, 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 a bowling bet that went wrong. And he recruits Randy Quaid, who's this 
he's he's like a uh, what is he? Um, not a Mormon. He's um, oh, he's Amish, right? He's Amish, yeah. Yeah. So he's Amish. So and he's but he's a great bowler. And Bill Murray is the legend of the sport. And really, the the reason this movie sticks out for me is the final scene when they're bowling. And Bill Murray's got like a wig on or a comb over <laughs> or something. And every time you look at him, his hair gets crazier and crazier and crazier. <laughs> and he's got the bowling ball with the rose in it and everything. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, and uh, so, I don't know, that movie just made me laugh. <laughs> so I wanted to include that in there. So look, number 10 is... Kingpin. Ah, excellent. That's very, very good. Uh, okay, number nine. Number nine uh, is very likely the most obscure movie that that maybe either either of us will will throw out there today. But this was a this was a really special movie to me when I was a kid. Uh, the movie's called On. It's not Given Sunday, which is a different sports movie. It's Sunday. And it's a documentary about motorcycle racing. It came out in 1971, and it was actually nominated for an Academy Award for, for Best Documentary. But what made this movie really special to me is that when I was a kid, uh, I would, my brother would take me out to, to go see the movies frequently. Uh, we went to see this movie because he loved riding motorcycles. And it turned out that we both loved it so much that we went back to see this movie probably five or six times. So it, it just has a real special place in, in my heart. Uh, but it's really just a, it's a great movie in its own right. It's, it's kind of it's funny. It's a funny take on on motorcycle racing. The reason it's called On Any Sunday is that motorcycle races always take place on Sunday. So it's like on any Sunday you can find a motorcycle race somewhere in this country. Uh, the biggest star in the movie is actually Steve McQueen was one of the producers of the movie, and he also appeared in it uh, racing motorcycles. Uh, but well, that's that's a that's a good one, George. I have never even heard of that movie. It's uh, you you can see you can find clips on it on YouTube. But you know, just to give you a real good sense of flavor for it, if you go on YouTube and just click on the final scene in On Any Sunday, you'll see Steve McQueen and a couple other guys just like riding around on the beach, and it's just it's really it it just looks it's really fun to watch. All right, excellent. Now. Uh, my number nine is a sport that doesn't even exist. It's an old movie, but a futuristic movie at the time, oh. and it's called Rollerball. Okay, James Kahn. James Kahn is Jonathan. Yeah. And it is kind of like um, uh, the uh, the derby where you're um, where you know when the girls are skating around and stuff like that, roller derby. But this is this involves motorcycles, and you got to catch a ball, it's like a magnetic ball, and you same same kind of thing. You got to stick it in the other team's goal, and you know guys are wiping out. But it is it's on a little track, just like roller derby. Okay. Um, but you know, and it's 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 controlled by all the corporations, and Jonathan kind of uh, breaks through and kind of turns against the corporations, and he becomes a hero. And uh, it was just a movie that I saw when I was a kid, and I always liked it. You know, I heard of it and never saw it. But uh, so we both have motorcycles featured in both of our number nines. How about that? I think they made a remake of it, but don't waste your time. Remakes rarely, uh, rarely ever hold a candle to the original. Right. 
Okay, what you got at number eight? Number eight. Number eight. I'm uh, I'm going bowling on this one, uh, and this is a movie I think I've I've talked about before. And when you think of it, it's not you don't really think of it as a sports movie uh, at the beginning, but but bowling actually plays a pretty huge part in this movie, so I'm including it. It's The Big Lebowski. Uh, <laughs> and you you should do anything to get that movie in there. I, I love The Big Lebowski. It, it, it's just the movie's got so many great quotes. You kind of have to have to throw it in there. Uh, and the, the characters do spend a lot of time bowling. And, and the guy, one of the uh, one of the characters, dreams about bowling. So it's really a central part of, of their lives. And what I what I one of my favorite parts is, is when they're you know they're playing in a league game, and John Goodman just loses his mind when uh, when a guy on the other team. He, he, he thinks he, he uh, fouled, his toe went over the line. So he says, Mark, mark it zero, Smokey. He says, no, no, I just told him to go over the line and get to the point where John Goodman finally pulls out a gun and aims points it right at the guy's forehead. He says, am I the only one who gives a shit about the rules? Mark it zero. <laughs> the league game. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, so as I was thinking about it, I said, that really is a – you can really – uh, you know, there's so much of that movie. That movie wouldn't be the same without bowling. So uh, I put that as my number eight. No, you're right. That's worth it, and that that's a great story about the bowling part too. Okay, my number eight returns to our favorite sport that will probably um, dominate our list. But but I predict this movie will not be on your list because you've told me before you're not that all crazy about it. And I went yeah. with The Natural, okay, starring Robert Redford. Now, um, you know, I mean, the movie is all baseball, and uh, they got the the slammer, you know, the Babe Ruth and, and the character on the train, and I love the the costuming and everything, and how baseball looked. Uh, I guess that movie was what the thirties or forties. supposed to be, or even. I think it took place in the thirties. Yeah. Okay, makes sense to me. And you know, the the ending is extremely corny, of course, but. Um, I don't know. I love baseball, and and that just that movie is nothing but baseball. And yeah, there's a love story in there, of course, and that's fine. But um, but I don't know. Just that movie makes me feel good. It makes me feel good about baseball. And if I wanted to convince somebody, you know, what a great game baseball was, that would be one of the movies I would show them. Well, you know, one of the things that that I mean, some of the things that I do like about the movie, I, I like Robert Redford in it, and that. He actually he played college baseball, I think, at the University of Colorado. So he he's a, a very believable baseball player. He he actually looks like he looks like a ball player, and he so so he's very believable in that role. One one thing about about the natural that I always kind of struggle with though is that you know it, it takes place in the National League, and they and the teams that they play they play the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Philadelphia Phillies, you know, and the Brooklyn Dodgers, and the Boston Braves. The only team that doesn't show up is, is the New York Giants because he plays for the New York national team, but they're the Knights. So why so why did they get the licensing for all the other National League teams, but they couldn't get the, for the New York Giants? I couldn't figure that out. Well, I blame that on Bowie uh, Kuhn or Peter Uberoth or whoever was in charge at the time. All right. Well, I'll blame them too. Okay. Thanks for not having your head explode when I did the natural anyway. No, that, 
no, that's that's okay. Uh, so where where are we at? We're at number seven. Yep. Number seven. I'm 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 taking to the ice with this one. It's uh, and you you mentioned Robert Redford. I'm going to go to his, his good old buddy Paul Newman, uh, in the 1970s classic Slapshot. Uh, I think one of the things that made this movie so much fun were the Hanson brothers. You know, it's, it's a it's a movie about minor league hockey. And there's these brothers that are the Hanson brothers. And I think in the movie they say they're like 18, 19, and 20 years old. And all they really want to do is, is just beat the shit out of people. <laughs> and it's, and it, it's, so just, just watching them, you know, it, it, it's, it's really funny. I think uh, my, one of my favorite parts is that they, fact that they get in a fight during the national anthem. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't even wait for the game to start before they just wanted to start, start fighting people. And, uh, and I can't remember one of them, but one of the guys when he's he's getting angry when the songs play, and he says, "I'm listening to the fucking song." <laughs> so, and when, uh, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. When Robert Redford first meets them, you know he's kind of dubious, and um, or Paul. remember they're they're putting all that aluminum foil on their hands. Yeah, and they go they go foiling up, coach. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, slap slap shots. That's a that's a classic. Well, well, we'll we'll be talking about that one again here very soon. Excellent. Um, my number seven is a sport that I don't even really care for, but I love this movie. See if you have ever even seen this movie, George. Okay. It is a soccer movie, and it's called Victory. Is, is that? Have you ever heard of that one? Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Okay. They're a, it's, it's a World War II movie, prisoner of war camp, and it's Sylvester Stallone and Pele's in it. And um, the whole the whole thing was going to be that the prisoners of war were going to play the Nazis in soccer. Okay. And the but the the reason that the POWs were going along with it is they were going to escape from the stadium. But as the game went on and they were getting into it and they were doing well, they ended up sticking it out and they, they finished the game rather than, than try and sneak out. Okay. And, um, and it was like, it must have been played in France. I just remember, like at the end, like uh, Sylvester Stallone had to stop a penalty kick and the whole crowd is yelling, Vitoire, <laughs> which is victory in French. And um, I, I just, uh, that was, I don't know, I always like that with, you know, Rocky or Sylvester Stallone was very reluctant to even go on the, on the, uh, the, the trip, even though they're going to, um, escape, but, um, you know, he, but he played goalie Yeah. he went along with it. He ended up being the hero. So that, that was one of my favorites. And that's an older movie. And I used to watch that over and over and over again. <laughs> Sounds sounds a little like a like a soccer version of uh, the longest yard. Yes, which didn't make my list, but it was very close. It, uh, yeah, mine as well. It might be you know, it might be number eleven. Yep. Okay, what you got for six? Number six. Okay, now my my list starts to get a little baseball heavy, so I'm gonna, I'll apologize to the to our, our listeners out there, but uh, this this is this is what I like. Uh, number six, I'm going with Major League movie about took place i think it uh, came out in the early 90s uh about the cleveland indians who 
back in back in the seventies uh, and eighties, the, the Cleveland Indians were like the, the worst team in the American League, pretty much year in and year out. Uh, so they were kind of a laughing stock uh, at the time. And so it's a movie basically about how the, the Cleveland Indians will, you know, uh, get motivated to you know to make the playoffs and and uh, uh, you know win the World Series. But the uh, I think one of the one of the funniest parts. I mean, there are a lot of funny parts in the movie, but one of the best is probably Bob Euchre as as the announcer. And uh, and highlighted probably by my favorite line is when you know. The, I think it was when uh, Charlie Sheen comes in. And he's this really wild relief pitcher, and he just you know throws it you know twenty feet over the catcher's head, and and uh, Bob Uecker says just a bit outside. That movie made Uecker. That line made Uecker. Oh yeah, and uh, and and that and that's just a you know and that's a movie that kind of has stayed with us over the years. You know we watched you know how I don't know how many. You know, baseball games we watched. You know, my son growing up, and you know, whenever there's a, you know, a pitch that uh, it goes to the backstop, you know, you, you, that's always that's always a the line that you kind of comes to mind. Yep, I remember the wild thing with Charlie Sheen, and I yep. had Willie Mays Hayes in there. Yep, and had that uh, the the big slugger was like um, he would had some kind of uh, religion. I don't know if he was. Oh. Voodoo or what, but and he and he would rub like chicken legs on his bat and stuff like that. Yep, and he hated that he couldn't he could hit fastballs all day, but he could never hit the curveball. Yeah. So all right, that's a that's a good one. I liked it. Did not make my list, but I did think about it. Okay. Okay, number six we had just talked about, and that was slap shot for me. Okay. Um, same reasons you said it's 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 all about the Hanson brothers. I mean, you know, oh, Paul Newman's kind of a mess in that movie. But, um, you know, he's, he's late, deep into his 30s, still playing minor league hockey because he still loves it. But yep. just all the uh, exasperation working with the Hanson brothers. Yep. I'm with you. Okay, number five. Um, number five. Uh, number five is a movie that really has, has grown on me over the years. Um, but it's, it's a league of their own uh, with you know, a movie about women's baseball back in during World War II when when a lot of the men were going off overseas to fight and then and so they and you know it's and it's you know more or less based on a true story of, of the league that that uh, that got started up by these uh, women baseball players. Uh, you know Tom Hanks of course is, is the manager who is a former major league player and kind of an alcoholic and he has no interest in, in the team. Um and, you know, but as the season goes on, you know, he, he, you know, they all kind of all kind of come together. But the, the highlight of the movie to me is is uh, when there's a was it run, runner on, on runner on second base and there's a ball into the into right field and the uh, in the right fielder, she, she throws it home. And, you know, Tom Hanks goes out and yells at her and says, you know, why did you throw home? You know, we you let the runner get you let the trailing runner get to second. We had it with a two run lead, and uh, you know so then she she starts crying, and uh, you know and Tom Hanks says, "What? what are you, you crying? No, no, there's no crying. There's no crying." <laughs> and he goes into this whole rant about how, you know, it's just, you know what? When I, when I was 
you know, when I was 20 years old, Roger Cornsby was my manager, and he called me a worthless piece of shit. And that was the same day my parents came down from Michigan to watch me play the game. But did I cry? No. You know why? There's no crying in baseball. So. Yep. So, that is the line that made that movie famous. Sure is. And you didn't even mention Rosie O'Donnell's in that movie. Oh, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell and what, Madonna and. Uh, yep, yep. And, I was being a little <laughs> facetious. I could care less about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Let's keep the uh, baseball train rolling, George. Number five is uh, Bad News Bears. Nice. And I'm talking about the original Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau. It's a great and, and Jody Foster. Um, that movie uh, just reminds me of when I played the league baseball. I mean, yeah. like one of my early years, I remember, I remember those old, forms they had with the yellow piping on them yeah and one of my first years playing we had like these old wool pants and like with a, a button-up shirt with like blue piping on it and it was exactly like that i don't know why there's just certain things that that trigger memories like that yeah and that's one of them and you know walter Mathau doesn't want to really be there but it's just kind of a, a coming of age movie and all the all the characters you know, they want the, the one kid to get up there and get hit by a pitch. He goes, I don't want to get hit by the wall. I don't want to get hit by the wall. Like, and then, think, yeah. And then, and then yeah. we had the fat catcher, the stereotypical fat catcher. Oh, yeah. You got um, yeah. And um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Humperdinck or something like that? Engelberg. Engelberg, I think. Engelberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Engelberg. I should do my research when I'm doing these lists, of podcasts. Um, <laughs> But, but anyways, Bad News Bears, um, you know, just because it was a ragtag bunch and uh, it was a good story and great characters. Uh, I'll probably talk about that one in a little bit. Okay, well, what you got at four? Number four is going gonna, is gonna to be one of your favorite movies that didn't make your list. Uh, but it's, it's the last non-baseball movie on, on my list. It's Caddyshack. Uh, just because... You know, for reasons that we that we've talked about before, but there, you know, there's so many great lines. Uh, you know, the Cinderella story out of nowhere, former greenskeeper. Uh, you know, the the classic scene with Chevy Chase and and Bill Murray when they're talking about the, the you know, his his own special blend of, of grass that he developed. Um, the uh, all all the caddies, uh, you know, you know, betting on whether. Uh, you know, we're basically betting on the game, even though there's no there's no betting at Bushwood. Uh, right. It's just a, a classic movie. So, uh, uh, Caddyshack's my number four. Yeah, and there's like a lot of golf movies that you could consider, but nothing like this. You know, um, you know, Tin Cup um, was a more serious movie. Happy Gilmore went the comedy way. Yeah. And they're all fine movies in their own way. Bagger Vance was a pretty good golf movie, but. But um, and those were more serious. But Caddyshack is—you can't top Caddyshack. Nope. There's no way. That's the best. Okay, number four. I'm gonna keep going with baseball, and I'm gonna go with Bull Durham. <laughs> um, Kevin Costner, and uh, he's working with Luke Lelouch, uh, a rookie pitcher who has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. And Costner's been in the minors forever. 
Well, I believe he breaks the minor league home run record during the movie. Yep. And uh, and you've got uh, Annie, who picks one player every year to have an affair with. And she picks, you know, Lelouch also. And they, they always and, have the best year of their career. Right. And they always, yeah. she always, but, but she's also, in addition to having sex with them, she's teaching them about the game and what they need to do to be better baseball players. And, uh, Things like that. It was just um, that was a funny movie. The manager was good in that movie, um, but uh, that was um, I had that 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 way ahead of Major League. It wasn't as funny as Major League, but it wasn't really going for funny all the time. No, it was going like for when, realism. Yeah, yeah. And when and when Lelouch wouldn't listen to Kevin Costner, you know, he would set him up like tell the batter that you know, okay, fastball's coming. He wants to throw the fastball. And sure enough, he did it out of the park. He goes, he goes, man, that ball went so far, you'd have to have a stewardess on that thing. Yeah. And just always showing him up. And uh, when it, one time he had him throw the ball at the mascot just to put a little fear hit into the batter, bat. you know, he, that he was wild. It hit them. And um, yeah. a lot of good scenes in that one. So number four for me is Bull Durham. Okay, well, I, I'm going to talk about that one a little bit too. All righty. So, all right, so num- number three. Uh, I told you I was going to talk about the Bad News Bears, and that's where I have the Bad News Bears at three. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that you said, I think, you know, it kind of, it came, the movie came out right when you and I, I think, were probably just finishing up our, our Little League careers. So I think it, it re- has a strong resonance to us then, you know, and it took place in California. So it had all that, that California Little League feel to it, which I, I was really familiar with. Uh it also there it really exposed the really dark side of, of, of little league baseball. So it, it was really funny, but it had a real dark side to it, particularly when uh, you know the Yankees coach comes out. His, his dad, uh, his dad's the coach, and it was it was what it was the kid from Na- um, uh, uh, Pavetti's father. That kid was the like pitcher on the Yankees. Okay, yep, I know, I know where you're going, and uh, you know, and. and I think it was Engelberg kind of like made kissy faces at him or something. So the, the, he kind of like threw, he didn't try to hit him, but he kind of knocked him. It was like a knockdown pitch. And then the, the dad goes out and like hits the kid. And it was, it was, a, you know, it was really a very sobering, serious moment in that movie that, uh, you know, because it, it kind of showed how a lot of parents will live, you know, vicariously through their, their kids and those kind of things. So, so it, it it made my list largely because it was very funny, but it, it also had a very real element to it. Um, well, wow, it's very good, very deep of you, George, and but accurate. That's good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, who who thought I'd have two hockey movies in my top ten? But number three is Miracle, um, okay. the story of the 1980 USA hockey team that beat the Russians, um, will beat the Soviet Union. Yeah. And what people may not remember is that wasn't the gold medal game. That was right. that was the semifinal to get into uh, to get to the gold medal game. Against Finland, right. Right. And um, I've been to Lake Placid and I've saw that little arena and uh, I mean that has a tiny arena, I don't know, four thousand people. That would have been so great. But um, just you know, the movie was good. Um, 
Uh, Kurt Russell was excellent as Herb Brooks. Yeah. Um, I just remember when he was training, the one part I remember, and I remember this when I'm going through physical therapy, they were doing like what I would call line drills when they'd skate right. the blue line and then back to the end line and to the center line, back to the end line, the other blue line, et cetera. And yeah. they were just doing those nonstop. They would finish and he'd, he'd blow the whistle. He goes, again, and they'd do them again. And then again, and they just went nonstop. And I could, and I just remember my nightmares from when I played middle school basketball, we did those. Yeah. You know, we did those same things. And those guys were just busted, tired. And, and for them, you know, everybody knows the story, but it's worth retelling, you know, how they just played them like a week before the Olympics and an exhibition game. And they got beat like 10 to one or something. Yeah, and it was a joke. They got destroyed. And, yeah. and for the, and then in the Olympic game, the Russian, he pulled the Russian coach pulled the goalie, Otrechiak, who is a legend. And I, I don't know what happened to that goalie when he liked to Russia, but it yeah. wasn't good. It, yeah. it probably wasn't good for a lot of those guys. Um, right. But, you know, it's a great true story. It was a great movie, uh, a real feel good, you know, uh, USA, USA movie. Oh, yeah. But uh, I liked everything about that movie. That that movie was my number 10 until The Sandlot knocked it out. So I, uh, okay. I, had, I had considered that one for a lot of the same reasons. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of it is that I, I remember sitting in my parents' living room. I was the only one at home watching, watching that game. And just, I was just on the edge of my seat and it was, it was, it was amazing. Uh, okay. You're at, that reminds me now Detroit in the Detroit market, there was a, uh, a sports anchor. His name was Bill. Well, no, I'm sorry. A news anchor. His name was Bill Bonds. And he was, yeah. he was very controversial and he, and, because back then the game was on tape delay and we didn't have internet. So we didn't know because the game had already occurred while we were watching it. And he came on during the showing of the game, doing his, like his news update news at 11. And he said <laughs> that the U S upset the Soviet union in hockey. Oh, spoiler. That's a huge spoiler. Well, uh, it's a huge boy. What a jerk. And right. uh, so I just added, added to his legacy. There, there was one other interesting note about that team is that uh the the russian team uh one of the a real young defensemen on that team it was uh uh slava Fetisov, who would yep. later go on to have a long distinguished nfl career along with the red wings and there was on the american team there was there was a defenseman i can't remember his name but he played for the red wings on the same team with Fetisov in the late 90s so huh yeah so i do I, remember I, there, there were two guys from michigan on that yeah, team, yeah, Kenny Marlowe, <laughs> Davison, and and uh, Mark Wells was from St. Clair Shores. Oh, nice. Okay, well, yep. we're getting away from movies, but they, you know, it was nice. Yep. Okay, number two. Now we're getting serious, George. Yeah. Go ahead. Nah, number two. I'm. I, I told you to talk about Bull Durham, and it's I put Bull Durham at number two. Uh, again, for the, the reasons that you said, uh, uh, you know, wow, he looked a. He hit that like he knew it was coming. So yeah, he did. I told him. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> that one. And then another another great quote from that movie was uh, when Kevin Costner gives a speech about about what he believes in. He says, "I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing astroturf and the designated hitter." And, I've, and you know that's kind of 
I've always believed that myself. So they got rid yeah, of that kind of made Annie's uh, heart flutter a little. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Bull Durham, just a, a great movie about life in the miners. It seems like a lot of these, uh, you know, these, you know, minor like minor league hockey, you know, with with slap shot and minor league baseball, Bull Durham. You get some of the best movies when you talk about like these people that are like just trying to hang on to their dreams, you know, like Kevin Costner and Bull Durham or Paul Newman and Slapshot. It's, it's uh, and they, and they play it just because they love the game so much. So I think that's what makes the right. movie so strong. And there really is a, a Durham Bulls. There really is a minor league team yep. by that name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Number two, uh, the first basketball movie on here, and we're going to high school basketball. Oh yeah! And it's Hoosiers. That is Hoosiers with Gene Hackman as the coach, and uh, Jimmy Chitwood is one of the famous players on that team. A true story about Hickory High School, and you know Indiana. Until recently, they've changed it. I'm not even sure if people know that, but Indiana used to put all the schools just in one big class. Right. So it didn't matter whether you had 40 kids in your class or 2,000, you were playing for the same trophy. So, obviously, the big schools would dominate most of the time. And somehow Old Hickory snuck through, and they were going to play in one of the Indianapolis schools. And, you know, they run that swing gate, and and they beat them. And it's, uh, it's another one of those true stories, goosebumps moments, um, well-acted movie, and... Um, you know, and Gene Hackman was kind of a tragic figure. He had a, you know, he had a little bit of a drinking problem and things like that. But um, so we got to see the human element of it, and the kids, and uh, you know, it was just great. It was well done. The basketball looked real, and um, it's a great story. Well, and Dennis Hopper was in that too, wasn't he? Was he wasn't he one of the kids like alcohol? Oh, yeah. He, he my my bad. Thanks for correcting me. It wasn't Gene Hackman had a drinking problem. Yeah, it was Hopper and. Hackman had to get had to, re, he ended up making him an assistant coach, right, to help straighten him out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So way off on that one, <laughs> uh, Keith. Keith, do some more research. <laughs> That's okay. That's what I'm here for. Help, help, we'll help each other out. All right, good deal. Okay. Well, so we're on to number one. Uh, yep. Yep. No, no surprise with me. It's Field of Dreams. Uh, you know, Field of Dreams kind of tends to show up on just about any. Any movie list that I, that I come up with, it, it's 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 great on so many levels, and you know we had some discussions prior prior to our, our cast here, but uh, you know I was explaining the the reasons why it is such a great baseball movie to me uh, is is uh, just all the old players, the old uniforms, uh, just the fact that you you plot, you tear down a cornfield and you put in a baseball field just for for the love of the game. Um, you know, I mean, this, this movie does, it can fall into a couple of different categories. You know, it is, it's a true story that what I was telling you about earlier is that I knew this person that actually thought this movie was a horror movie because every time the, uh, the voice spoke, it just, it just freaked her out. And then when ghosts came out of the cornfield, it, it just, she just, she, she thought it was, it was a horror movie. So, you know, I guess it can, it can go in a couple of different ways, but. Uh, what, what, I guess it depends on what the voice is telling you. If it's like, like cut, cut his head off, then yeah, it is. If, if if you build it, you yeah, you cut his head off. All right. Um, 
but I think what what really brings it all home to me is is uh, uh, James Earl Jones' uh, little speech at, at the end of the movie, and he, when he talks about uh, you know what what a great game baseball is, is that you know the world has changed you know over the years, but the one constant through all the years has been baseball. I love the way he says baseball too. He just really lays on the base part of it. Um, and he just delivers it, in the, you know, the, only, the way only James Earl Jones can. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's the, the ultimate baseball movie and my number one sports movie. Yeah, and if you haven't figured it out by now, you and I have an extreme love of baseball. Sure do. Um, and, you know, Field of Dream just speaks to all that. We both have sons and it's, it's a father-son movie. Um, it's just so many of the things that are important to us. Yeah. And it's so well done. And they, there's so many good, just good actors. And, you know, Ray Liotta, that's probably the nicest character he's ever played in his life. And um, it, was, it was just, I agree with you. I told you why I left it out. Um, but it, it's a great, 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 great movie. We're all agreeing. All right. Okay, my number one, going to another sport that we haven't talked about yet, but we have talked about this movie before, and it's boxing, and it's Rocky. Okay. Uh, so two Sly Stallone movies in my top ten. Um, just Rocky is another uh, underdog story that makes you feel good. There's lots of good parts in it, lots of great characters. Um <laughs> I I always I liked Rocky. I liked Rocky during that entire movie. His relationship with Adrian, you know, even though that other other men may not even want to look at her, um, he saw something in her. His relationship with her brother, his relationship with with Mick. Um, yeah, Burgess. It was just. Great. It was. It was. Yeah, and it was. It was. There were so many good roles, and it was so well played. Um, and it made you feel good. I even liked, and I said this before, I liked Rocky two, three, and four, but then when we got like the next, like the next 10 or 12, I didn't like so much, but, um, yeah, I just, I love that character. I love when that, that movie came out and, um, and I don't know, that's about all I can say about it. I love that. Movie. I, I did. I remember when I went to Philadelphia about 20 years ago, I was there on business and I remember at night. Walking down the that big long uh, way towards uh, the Philadelphia Art Museum, and you know you get to the steps, and you know any anyone that goes there, you have to like run up the steps, right? And when you get to the top, you turn around and thrust your hands in the air, and I, of course I I hope so. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I know you've talked about going to the uh, the the field in Iowa, uh, you know, for the, to that field, but and I haven't I haven't done that yet, but I have at least run up the rocky steps. Okay. Well, I got you on that one, and I got you on Lake Placid, too, so yeah. <laughs> you better better get going. I've been to Durham, North Carolina, but I have not did not go to a game or anything oh, like well. that. Yep. All right, All right George. I think uh, another successful uh, podcast. Yep, and um, we've got quite a list still going on. We've got um, – we're working hard on a – what's going to be an epic uh, future 
edition, but I'm not going to tell. I won't spoil that for anybody. So we're, but um, we're getting a little a little change of format, though. That that ought to excite some people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Okay, very good, George. Well done. Uh, I will uh, make sure I watch these movies that I rank so highly, so that I know all the plot themes next time. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, man. Take care of yourself. All right. You and too. we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Good night.